Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 186, Love and the Menstrual Cycle. Are you as intrigued as I am? I hope so. I am so honored and so thrilled to have a returning guest, Miss Lisa DeYoung. You may have heard our recent episode called Irish Love. Lisa is a course student who not only healed her heart when she got the course, but she also found love. And she happens to live in Ireland, which for those of you who don't know, I am from Ireland. That's where my parents are from. I know I'm very Americanized, moved to the States when I was eight years old. And so it really was extra near and dear to my heart when Lisa connected with me and told me she lives in Ireland and has been doing this work and had such incredible results with the course. And so I had to have her on And we had a great chat about her experience with the course and, of course, all things Irish. And Lisa, I mean, I first of all, welcome. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Good to be back. Yay! I can't wait to sink (laughs) our teeth into this conversation. And I already, you guys, if you listen to that episode, you know me, I like to take responsibility where I think I should. I totally cut Lisa off and got overly excited about talking about all things Irish. So I apologize to her before, but Lisa, again, I apologize and I appreciate you coming back. And we are going to let you speak because you're the (laughs) expert on trauma and the menstrual cycle. You happen to be a coach uh, uh, for trauma and the menstrual cycle. And Lisa had shared in the last episode that not only did she use all the tools and follow every single video in my course. P.S. You guys, I am currently writing, it looks like 16 or 17 more videos for the course. So there are already 60 videos in the course, $597. We do also have a three-month payment plan. It has so much valuable content. But because of the last year and a half that I've been doing the group program, I noticed that a few of the students in my group coaching program were coming up with the same things over and over again, especially in the Find Someone Better section. So I've added in more videos, more content, and the price still stays the same. So if you're a course student listening, Lisa, who's here, she will have access to these videos, not that she needs them because she healed her heart and she found someone better. But we do also have the Fall in Love with You section, which I always say is ongoing work. And I know, Lisa, you feel the same way. So we have a couple of videos added into that section, as well as the stop wanting and back section. So for those of you who are listening, get ready and excited. You don't have to change anything if you're already a core student. If you're not a core student, you you cray. (laughs) I'm kidding. But seriously, lifetime access to these videos, you can't go wrong. And I'm just super excited to be shooting those extra videos, constantly adding more value, more content. And for those of you who don't know, who haven't been listening to the podcast for a while, I'm also deleting earlier episodes of this podcast. As you heard, I said this is episode 186. However, I am starting to delete earlier episodes that really don't resonate with me that I think were a little more of a black and white approach. But I'm always 
thinking about how to become a better coach, a clearer coach, a more nuanced coach, and always the, 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 the work is never done, right? The, the self-love journey is never done. And I believe it is so important to always be fine-tuning my skills and my beliefs and always thinking deeply about what my beliefs are now compared to when they were three, what they were three years ago. So always changing, always growing. I think it would be super boring if we weren't doing that. So Lisa, as I mentioned, was a guest on the Irish Love episode. For sure, check it out and hear about her journey, having lots of success with the course and also me getting overly excited about all things Irish and Irish upbringing. It was so exciting for me to connect with you about that. You mentioned that you used, because you're a, let's just repeat that again. You are a a trauma and menstrual cycle coach for women and you used your work combined with the work that I taught in the videos in my course. So obviously I found that to be very intriguing. So the first question that I have for you is, how did you get into this line of work in the first place? That's a really good question, Claire. That's a great question to start with. Yeah. So I have um, both a lived experience of problems with my menstrual cycle, as a lot of women do. And then years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I was struggling with, you know, chronic pain for a long time with my periods. It was debilitating. I was fainting in bathrooms and my mum would have to collect me from school and and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it was really, it's it's a terrible story. And then I went through the medical system and tried all sorts of different painkillers, different, you know, a lot of doctors put you on the pill. So tried a lot of stuff in the medical system. Um, but it didn't really suit me and I kept getting reactions to different medications. So then I started to read more into holistic living, hormonal health, understanding the body, um, understanding the menstrual cycle. And I just started to take courses, professional trainings that now allow me to combine all these skills and tools and knowledge to create a practice, that, which is being a menstrual cycle coach and in, in that practice, I specialize in chronic pain and trauma for people who really struggle with things like endometriosis, or there's a condition called PMDD, which is like having chronic PMS. And um, so it's like physical suffering on a physical level, but also on a mental health, emotional level that that's linked to hormones and our endocrine system. So yeah, that's how I came to this work. Okay. And not to get too personal, if this is, you know, you don't care to answer this, what was the inspiration for trauma, the trauma component combined with the debilitating menstrual cycles? Was there a personal experience, even if you don't want to divulge oh, it? No, yeah. about- That's a good question. No, hundred percent personal. Absolutely. What happened was I, I was always learning more and more about hormones and the endocrine system and the science of that, like the biochemistry of what's happening in the body. And I was working with groups of women and I was doing one-to-one coaching and I was learning then more and more about the nervous system and the nervous system has an overlap with the endocrine system. So for example, if we, if we have a lot of stress in our nervous system, there's stress hormones called adrenaline and cortisol that stay really high. And when those are elevated for long periods of time, they impact female sex hormones and then can have a knock-on effect on in terms of pain and PMS and all that kind of thing. So I wanted to get deeper into the work. And so I started to learn more about trauma. And then as I learned about trauma, I realized, oh, okay, I have my own personal history of trauma and my clients do too. So everything that I've done 
has been both professional and personal. And there's traumas, like there's different types of trauma. There's, there's big T trauma, they call it. There's small T trauma. So yeah, I have, I do have an experience of some bigger events that really left an impact on me and then not so big events. But what I do then is we work through what's called a somatic approach. So we really get into the body and understand. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, it's it's a similar understanding of the tapping that you teach in the course, Claire. It's like really getting into the nuances of the physical body and the emotions. That's my next certification that I want to get. I want to do a tapping training because I've been doing more tapping recently and I just think it's so powerful. And just, I'm working with a coach right now and we've been doing tapping and just uncovering more shit from childhood and memories. That's like not even a knock on my parents, just things like moments in school, outfits I remember wearing, and just like that next layer of shedding shit that you thought you already shed. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of it's unconscious and a lot of it's stored in the body and a lot of it's like social condition stuff too, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Or like in your work relationship trauma, that, that was a big part of my story as well. So yeah, it's very much stored in the body. And when we're in, when we have trauma, it's not so much the event that leaves its mark, but it's what we do with it in our nervous system. And so slow that down for the people in the back. Say (laughs) that again. It's not so much the event that that's important in the story, but it's the impact that that story has in our nervous system and what we do with the story. And very often when there is an experience of trauma, we go into a freeze response or we shut down, or there's shame connected to trauma. There can be obviously shame connected to things like sexual trauma. And so that just stays deep in our system. And we can push it off. Sorry, I I just wanted to slow that down for people listening who think it's so much about what he said and what he did versus going inward and looking at your response to it. And, And then that gets tricky because then people go, well, no, but what he did was horrific. And it's like, yes, we're not negating that that was wasn't wasn't horrific. We can't do anything uh, and we can't undo what he did. We can only heal your response to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I and think that's-, that that's huge because in heartbreak, as you know, as I know, as many people listening, we just get so caught up in his business and what he's thinking and what he did and what he said and who he's with now. And And it's so painful and it's very natural, right? Again, I want to be clear, anybody listening, there's no shame in the focus on that, but the the work really is the focus back inward on your brain and on your body. Exactly. And that's the thing about it is it's, it's the impact it has on your body. And that can be the reason why we are so quick to jump to blame and anger is because there's such vulnerability, as we both know, in feeling our feelings. And very often, if there is trauma there, it's sometimes not, um, the body isn't yet ready to process some of the stuff. So we have to build safety in our nervous system and really take it gently with this work because we can, if especially if it is a trauma that had a big impact, um, we can get re-triggered into the experience of it and that can leave us floored you know, re-traumatized. Um, Thinking, so- I'll never find him. It's always going to be like this. There must be something wrong with me. This keeps happening to me. And it can be broken because you and I are here living proof of that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I don't know about you with your lovely man, Richard, but you know, trauma still comes up in my relationship with Larry, even if it's not him doing it. But I have trauma responses. I just 
handle them better, but sometimes I don't. And I think too, that my clients can often get tripped up in the fall in love with you work. So for those who are not too familiar with how I work is that there are three five-step processes, stop wanting them back, fall in love with you, find someone better. And I think my clients, especially in my group program, when they're in the find someone better section after they've really dated themselves and up-leveled their relationship with themselves, and then they're re-triggered in the find someone better section, which I always say, like, get ready for it. It's not get every duck lined in a row and be perfectly healed and then enter into the find someone better section and just la-di-da, find him. You can still have triggering experiences, but you're more equipped to lean into it and you can investigate it deeper and you're more equipped to do the the inner work and look at your own response versus focusing. Like I make sure that I think that they're ready to move into the find someone better section. So they're they're not making whoever is treating them in a particular way so personal, but it can still be very painful. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it can really be very bad. And I and I really relate to that, Claire. Like I I remember having trauma responses when I was in the dating section with Richard. And but I knew that I knew because I had the awareness. You know, it was my brain was my brain was telling me all sorts of things that Ugh, were just were not yes. true, but I could was able to disconnect my brain from what my body was doing. And the I wouldn't say the solution, but the action I took on the back of that was I slowed myself down. I paced myself. Ugh, Lisa, yeah. you're just music <laughs> to my ears because I have a couple of clients right now in the find someone better section that are like freaking out, getting caught up in fantasy, not sure if he's available, bringing up all the shit. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, I want that to stop. Like I want the fantasy <laughs> to stop. I want like the anxiety to stop. And I'm like, sorry, sister, you paid me for me to tell you. I don't have a solution for that. I have a solution for taking like that for not acting from the place of the fantasy slash freak out because it's both right there's like a fantasy of getting carried away that you really hope that this person is it and then there's the freak out and then there's the observing that he's like not really available right and then it's like ah and that wrestle of again wanting to fit a square peg into a round hole and but like knowing that the person isn't and then wanting to like tempted, be tempted to argue with me, but like, no, but I just want to find a little more information. And I always say, I'm not your mom. I'm your coach. Go do what you want to do. But you come into this program for me to like nip it in the bud much quicker for you because the writing is on the wall, but all those feelings and the anxiety and the triggers, they, they will come up. And, and same for me with Larry, I really freaked out, but I loved what you just said about, I was able to separate my brain from my body and I'd love to hear you speak a little bit more about that because the one thing that I knew I had a deeper level of awareness around with Larry was like, and and I had said this before, and I'm sure many people listening and maybe you yourself relate, oh no, but this guy's different. But I really knew that Larry was different, not just because he was a grown up with a job and he was a dad and like a homeowner. So he was like, I'm putting in air quotes here, a legitimate adult, because there can be men out there who are homeowners, dads have good jobs and not be a legitimate (laughs) adult. But, you know, compared to like the, the Peter Pan, a lot of Peter Pans who I was dating in LA, that was very um, attractive to me, but there was just a calm and a loveliness and an attentiveness that wasn't over the top. That wasn't um, hot and cold. It, it's I've been saying this phrase a lot. It was like Goldilocks. It was just right. And sometimes, like the minimal contact, made me feel a little unsettled. But I was just always like 
trusting and remembering the time when we had spent together. I always knew when we were going to see each other again. There was just something that I said, two two thoughts that I had that I think are really important. Um, and I know you're going to get more into the body stuff, but two thoughts that really helps me was like, he is different. And also you still don't know him. Like you just have to keep showing up and take your time getting to know him. And I love the other component that you said, and we have a whole video about it in the uh, find someone better section is I really took things slowly while your brain was like, ah, right. It's like, we don't have to act from that place, but uh, that level of awareness and not only an awareness that like, I felt like he really and truly was different. I felt like I was different. Even when I was having the freak out in my brain, I was like, I got this, like, I'm ready. It's not going to be, Oh, if I wait another six months, I'm all of a sudden going to be calm when I start falling in love with someone who seems really right for me. Right. It's like, are you willing as Brene Brown says, are you willing to get into the arena and, and like go for what you want? But like, I always say to my clients, and this has really just been coming up with a couple of people in the group again is, you know, are you willing to feel all this anxiety and fear? Are you willing to not scratch the itch and go off to the races with someone too fast, too soon, and just feel that discomfort and, and play by my rules in the find someone better section, really, because it's hard to think and see straight when the dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin are firing off. So I know I just said a lot there, but yeah, I'd love to hear more about your awareness uh, connected to the what your brain was doing versus what your body was doing. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like there is a lot of hormones that are doing a lot of things during the first phase, especially like with a, with the experience of attraction and dating. There's a lot of hormones, but if there's also trauma in the mix, then you also have these stress hormones of uh, adrenaline and cortisol, and we can get confused with something that is kind of exciting, but can also feel dangerous. So for me, I had to kind of slow things down because I had merged an experience of something that was unsafe with something that was now safe. And I had to kind of retrain my nervous system to feel safe with this new person who was showing up, who was available, who who I knew where I stood with from the start, like within the context of that time. And it was a different, like, like yourself, it was a different experience as well with Richard and that in itself, my nervous system had to kind of get used to that. So what I would say to people who are doing what you're saying, which is to slow things down and be with your uncomfortable feelings is to soothe your nervous system, to allow yourself the space and the time to regulate your nervous system, to come back into regulation. Because if we're in that fight or flight response all the time, that's our body and our brain acting out of what we've learned, old behaviors, patterns, all these things. And what we want to do is bring our, our nervous system into what's called um, the rest and digest place of the nervous system. And it just takes training. And for a lot of people who have trauma, it can actually be hard to stay in the rest and digest place because we are we were raised in environments where it was this kind of constant anxiety all the time, right? So yeah, we're both putting up our hands here. And so we have to like, re- we have to teach ourselves to be okay with spaciousness, with the unknown, with uncertainty and not project all this stuff onto this person, like you say, who we actually just don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I raised my hand. I'm always protective, protective of my parents. And I'm, I know you were raised with a lot of love as well. It's just, they didn't know better. They were, our parents are probably the same age and like that environment. And it was just very cutthroat of 
wake up in the morning, go to school. They were like little drill sergeants and then get your homework done, run off onto the streets and come back for your tea, say your prayers and do the same thing. It was just like very regimented. And I feel like they were definitely softer on us than what they received. But there was no, I mean, I say this all the time, just with the Irish culture, at least my parents' generation. And I think even my cousins and my friends and you, you know, in Ireland now, it's just that we weren't taught to manage our emotions in a conscious way. And I I don't blame my parents for that. They just weren't taught. They didn't know better. But it was so shocking to me, Lisa, for my first heartbreak at 28, even before my rock bottom. So I'm 41 now, but to to learn about breathing and meditating and yoga and calming the nervous system and connecting the dots from childhood. And I was like, what? You know, or or also just the awareness of my victim story. Just like everyone's out to get me, everything's hard, money is hard, my acting career is hard my relationship with my body is hard. Friends is hard. Men, it's hard. Like not realizing at all that I was creating all of that. And it's just so profound and it's so necessary. And I still have women, American women. And I know we had a big conversation about Irish culture versus American culture in our last episode, but you know, I mean, I just had a client say to me yesterday and not to toot my own horn, but she was like, you've literally saved my life because I didn't know that it was okay for me to feel these feelings or to pine for a total asshole or to give myself compassion and acceptance that I still have this longing for this person who was super abusive. Like my mom was like, what the hell is your problem? Like move on. And that was my mom. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, thank God he's left the building. But here I was just like a broken mess that didn't know what to do with these, with this crippling emotional pain and then having shame for having the pain over someone who quote unquote, wasn't worth it. I mean, it's just so, ah, it's why I do what I do. It's why you do what you do, right? It's, it's so important and, uh, necessary. And yet at the same time, this is why I always say, and you know, in the beginning of the course, I say, you are one of the lucky ones when you're heartbroken because if you're heartbroken, it fucking sucks. It's, I've never had any kind of worse emotional pain. But when you rise to the occasion and you do this work, then it really is what creates like a whole new level of love for yourself and high standards for yourself and just a way to be in the world. Not because then you're never going to get your heart hurt again, but just, oh, I know how to process this. I know how to analyze this differently. I know how to be kind to myself. I know I, I can give myself permission to grieve and process this and connect to my body and fuel my body. I loved what you said, soothing the nervous system you know, that there are solutions and it doesn't have to be, oh, time will pass. Eventually I'll find someone else. Time will pass and you eventually find someone else. The same shit's going to keep happening because it's all, as you said, unconscious, right? So it's just going to be, you're unconsciously playing it out. That's why your work. And I believe my work is so freaking important. And it cracks me up because when I'm like, I'm a heartbreak coach to people who've never heard about what that is, they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know? But I'm like, you have no idea how important my work is. <laughs> I feel the same. I feel the same being called a period coach. I hear you. I hear I you. <laughs> oh my God. I can only imagine. Imagine. I love it. So I have so much more I want to ask you. When you talk about, I love what you said, and I was just saying this to a client who 
kind of keeps repeating the same patterns of going too fast too soon with men and then regretting it. And she knows what her work is, but she just says like, sometimes like when, when she's just like, has a feeling about a guy gets carried away with the fantasy, then drinks. And then like, it's off to the races. Like there's no stopping her. And what we were talking about is like really and truly getting a system in place before every single date. I think what I ask my students to do, and you know, this from being in the course for having the course is, you know, really setting time out most mornings, most days, I don't care what time of day I do it in the morning of just setting yourself up for success. Where are all the pitfalls? Like what, you know, that could happen and how am I best setting myself up so that I don't, put myself in those positions and you can still find yourself, but that you're consciously, it's no different than me. If I'm doing a 30 day cleanse and not drinking, right? Like I still would do mindset work of like, I know at five, I'm going to crave that margarita. So what am I doing to set myself up for success? And I do, this is what we're working on right now in the group is like having some kind of a body connection, whether that's a tapping session with yourself, meditation, yoga, whatever it is that resonates for for you, because I think body work is very personal. But what other things would you suggest, Lisa, for soothing the nervous system, not only to prepare yourself to not fall into the same stuff, especially when you're back out and dating, but then also when, when, I mean, my program is a year long because I also allow for people to, I, I like to say, fall off the wagon, right? Like you're there because you've got some habitual, habitual thing that it, whether you're, uh, you know, obsessively not over him or doing the same shit in your dating life. Um, and you're going to feel like shit after you do it again. Right. So yeah, I'd love to hear what your suggestions are. Well, like, I think I love what you just said. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to do this perfectly. Healing is never linear. So there are going to be setbacks. So let's just be Absolutely. kind, kind to ourselves with yeah, that. Right? I always think you're like, you're going to be mad at me. And you know, I pride myself. Look, I, I think it is my Irishness, tough love coach here. I don't, I don't put up with bullshit from my clients, but that's very, when they're like, you know, trying to get away with something or think that something isn't that big of a deal. And I'm like, nope, this is still a big deal, but I don't want you to feel shame about it. Like, let's strike that balance of you're here to work. You're here to learn. You're here to grow. You're here to make changes. And when you're not, let's look at it. But I don't want you to be mean to yourself, right? It's like that fine line of still being compassionate, but not too compassionate to the point that, oh, and if it happens again, I'm just going to be nice to myself, <laughs> right? You have to really be on to yourself. And I think yeah. I'm pretty good at striking that balance with my clients. You are, you are. And I, I would say as well, um, and this you already know, Claire, but just to remind your clients, like the the ways that we regulate our nervous system is going to be very different for everyone because some people will really take to meditation and some people, they just don't. So when I'm work, when I'm working with people on their nervous system is, for them to, I get them to write a menu, like a restaurant menu of what's called regulating resources. And they put it on their fridge. So they just like write a a cute list, maybe put some colors on it or some sparkles. And you have a list of 10 to 20 things, items, people, places, things that you can engage in that help you to feel good and that aren't too um, difficult or there's not too much of a commitment involved. And you just put on your fridge because what happens is, when our nervous system is in a freeze response or in a fight or flight response or the stress response or the trauma response, 
our brain, the prefrontal cortex in the brain, the decision-making part of the brain kind of goes offline because we, we, from a nervous system perspective, we go into a kind of a survival mode and that's when the old habits kick in and the reactions come out and all this, these patterns come up. So when we have like reminders in our home post-its or things like that, or you can set a timer on your phone, it'll just help you to to make a better decision. So for me, it can be really like basic things like taking 10 minutes to take the bins out (laughs) or like cleaning or um, paint your nails or do a face mask or have a cup of tea, call a friend. Go for a walk. Go for a walk. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I live in probably if I say so myself, not that I made Santa Barbara, but it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet, I think. And I'm like, I just was walking from my car to my parking spot to my apartment coming up here to record. And I was like, when's the last time you've been on a walk, Claire? Like, (laughs) it's so crazy. And it really, and God bless my mom. I mean, we've always lived by the water, whether it was Dublin, New York, and then obviously I moved to LA and now Santa Barbara. So I've always had the luxury of water nearby. And my mom always emphasized the importance and the beauty of water and like, you know, we'd go for walks growing up, she and I, and she'd always just be so moved by the sea. And that really was impressed upon me. And I do feel really connected to God, the universe, whatever higher power people, I I call it God. And um, I just, I do, there's something that's like, I almost like I give it to the ocean when I'm down there, you know, because it's like, so incredible nature and maybe people yeah. aren't near water right but just connecting to nature nearby because 100%. i'm sure i'm sure you probably are so um in tune with all of that especially also with nature um and the seasons and the menstrual cycle, which probably that's a whole separate episode <laughs> well i can i can talk about that because that's an important part but nature 100 nature is key actually it's so important even if it's just a city park and you're in the middle of the city like connecting to nature, connecting to the seasons. Saint Stephen's Green. I love Saint Stephen's Green. Green. (laughs) So beautiful. That's a beautiful park in the city in Dublin. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I've seen weddings there. It's so lovely. Gorgeous. Yeah. So I'm the same as you. The I love the ocean. Um, water is very is very soothing to the nervous system. So things like that. But going back to the seasons. So with the cycle, um, and I'll try and keep this short and sweet. Um, with the menstrual cycle, there are four seasons, there are four phases to the menstrual cycle. And so when we're connecting to our nervous system, our, our hormones, our cravings, our mood, the way we are in our relationships, our libido, all that stuff, the way we experience ourselves every day is going to be different depending on where you are if you have a menstrual cycle. So the menstruation part when we're on our period that's called inner winter the metaphor for that is inner winter Mm. and the reason for that is is because estrogen and progesterone the hormones of the menstrual cycle they're at their lowest so it's very natural to feel low energy low mood more vulnerable emotionally because estrogen supports the nervous system and when estrogen is low our nervous system isn't as resilient so and just I want to just stop you there because you could call it estrogen. We call it estrogen. Oh, sorry. Estrogen. And don't don't apologize. I'm just saying I'm always worried about quality of sound. So just so people are like, wait, what is she ta- what is she saying? Because for a second I was like, wait, what's that? And then so I just estrogen. wanted to Yeah, estrogen, yeah. estrogen, that form the hormone. <laughs> So it's a really important hormone. When that's low, it's normal to feel low. So therefore, 
from a self-care perspective, if you want to live more in tune with your menstrual cycle, your inner winter phase is a good time to rest and to down tools and to easy does it. And also from, from the point of view of your, of your work here to allow the feelings to come up, you know, and let, it's like a cleansing. It's a natural time for emotions to come up cleansing. So that's inner winter. Then after inner winter is your inner spring. That's when your period is over and you feel a little bit better, but it's important to not overdo it here because estrogen, estrogen isn't as high but it's climbing a little bit. So we're kind of coming out of the, the cave, if you will. Yeah. Mm. So anyone listening who's like big into exercise, like I am, I always know, especially the first day of my period, as I'm just, it's like not a good idea to run your body into the ground, but then what can happen? And I've been doing for years, work on my body image and all of that. And I used to run my body really into the ground, like work hard, play hard, drinking in New York City and then exercising really hard and my body like gave out on me. Not surprisingly so, but then I just love what you're saying there for the inner spring. Is that what you called it? The phase coming out of your period from inner winter, not then being like, oh, well, I let myself rest. So now I've got to like go at it and compensate for the few days that I took off because last week actually was my period. And I just was extra tired and I just didn't work out as hard. And I see my brain wanting to be like, you need to make up. And especially I'm doing this like challenge right now um, at my fitness studio. But, you know, always paying more attention to your energy level and what your body needs, because you'll, you'll pay for it later in way worse ways. But I think a lot of women are like, oh, but I just need to like stay fit. I would say probably that would resonate with a lot of people listening. Because we were just being told this stuff, but the, the mainstream world doesn't understand the menstrual cycle. They only know about periods, but they don't understand the whole cycle. Yes, yeah. And <laughs> myself included, which is why you're here. <laughs> okay, well, so we've got inner spring. Yeah, we've just been taught to manage and hide our periods, but we, we haven't been taught about like, the impact of hormones on the rest of us. So this is what this works about. Um, so inner spring, that's, it is, it's, a, it's like spring. It's kind of a more delicate time of year and it's the same in the body. And then as we come into ovulation, that's the opposite end of menstruation. That's when estrogen is at its highest. That's when we ovulate, the egg comes out of the ovary. That is where you will feel on top of your game. You feel the inner superwoman kind of energy um, the other archetype is the inner mother. You have more capacity for other people's needs. And this is a really good time to go out and date and take risks and be confident and show up and say yes to the world because our biology is on our side for that. And Whereas so this, what you mean, Lisa, when you were saying that you were using the course combined, yeah. like you were really paying attention to. Yeah. I was like scheduling, I was like syncing my dating life with my menstrual cycle. So, so sorry, just so we're clear, inner winter, I just want, because people are now going, oh, wait, I'm, I'm back, right? <laughs> like, they're going to be like, wait, now you're telling me what's the peak time to date on my menstrual cycle. So we've got inner winter, then we have like a, how many days of inner spring? Five days of inner yeah, spring? Yeah, yeah, more or less five. Okay. Yeah. And then at the end of inner spring, beginning of what? It's Summer. Summer. So summer's the time to like really get some dates on the calendar. Yeah. Summer meaning your yeah. menstrual cycle, but Just also sure summer, but now we're in fall. So guys calm down. Fall is also my favorite. I, I met Larry September 28th, 2019. We're about to do official three years. So oh. I think fall is a beautiful time to, I, I always loved fall before him, before meeting him, but you know, you're the, the leaves are shedding and the, I, I still, I feel like there's this, um, 
like when I did a webinar last year of how to find your person, we were talking about like that fall represents death, but I, I see that as like shedding off of the old self yes, and stepping into this like new up-leveled version of you. And just like that fresh start. I love the new school year vibes. I I love fall. I love the beginning. Yeah. Me too. It's a beautiful time, especially here in Dublin, because there's a lot of colors with all oh, of the green jealous. turning golden and orange and yellow and red. It's beautiful. No colors yeah. in California. We just <laughs> we got like a sprinkle of rain last week. And I was like, oh my God, it's rain. Larry's kids are like, ah, rain. They've like seen rain 10 times. I'm not kidding. I'm really sad. <laughs> oh, well, I'm jealous because we're kind of vitamin D deprived here. So <laughs> I know we got to find the balance. We got to find yeah. the balance. Okay. So summer would be like 10 days after the menstrual cycle. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you you decide, it's your body. So you decide when your season is. So, so for me, summer is when I do feel, I don't feel that vulnerability after my period. I feel more resilient. I feel more alive. Uh, you've got a lot more energy. But however, some people, I'll speak to a very small minority of people who don't feel that way. And it's usually because they're burning themselves out during menstruation. Yeah. So yeah, because it's a cycle. It's, it's like the moon and you have the light and the dark side. So you have to flow with it. So if you're pushing yourself through the dark phase, which is menstruation, um, then you can really deplete your adrenal glands, your, your stress, your hormones and your endocrine system. So you just want to pace yourself with the energy you have. So yeah, so summer is the like, quote unquote, the best time of the cycle. Um, also the fertile time. So be careful when it comes, when it comes to contraception and that, all that stuff. <laughs> um, and then after summer, we have obviously fall, we call that autumn here in, in Ireland and the inner autumn, the inner fall is when, so the way that I know when I'm stepping into my premenstrual landscape, if you will, is that I'll just be, I'll be, everything will be going great, Claire. My days will be fine and I'll be in my inner summer. And then suddenly something tiny will really piss me off and it will really irritate me about- I don't know something. anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Larry, you'll appreciate it. Liar. Maybe I told you this last time, but I really didn't keep track and I'm pretty regular and I really didn't keep track. And I, I, I was thinking, it was back in earlier in the summer. Anyway, and I was like, babe, I got, I got my period like a week early and he was like no this was this was one time or something and I was like no and he was like no I know and because I had been like a crabby bitch and I was like oh fair fair he's like your cycle tracking up yeah or something I was like that's so weird I got my period that was it I was like I got my period early and then I realized I was not counting correctly yeah but he was like, not weird, because I was with you for the last week experiencing your PMS. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, fair, got it. here's the thing with PMS. I had a client who rephrased that acronym and it's, she, she calls it, please make space. Ooh, please make space. I love it. Yeah. Because for us highly sensitive people, <sighs> the world, what's happening is on a biological level, estrogen is dropping and um, progesterone hasn't yet increased. And therefore our nervous system is kind of exposed again. This is where some people's trauma responses can come up. Um, PMS or PMDD, which is a mental health condition linked to the menstrual cycle. And so if you do suffer and struggle with this time, it's important that you please make space for yourself, even if it's just tiny, tiny, tiny pockets of space within the reality of your life. 
Um, just I again, mean, nervous system regulation. Well, I'm just a fan of making space for your life every day, period. No, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, why aren't we just doing this for ourselves? I mean, I'm becoming more and more introverted as the days go on. I just, mm. I don't understand why people, I mean, again, maybe people who are just extroverted and thrive off of p- being around people, but just creating that space and going inward. I just, I guess because I'm a highly sensitive person, I can't imagine not doing that anymore. Yeah. And also you've done a lot of healing and people who are stuck in trauma, they find it hard to be with themselves. So yeah. And to look like when people start doing the self-coaching in the course that I teach, you know, carving out time to look at your thoughts, that's super daunting for people. And I'm like, let's look at it. It's so uncomfortable, (laughs) but I just, I, I'm willing to look at my uncomfortable thoughts and I'm willing to tap with my coach and uncover deeper shit and it's going to make me cry so much more but then I know it's moving through me like that's it or I mean it's just definitely the lesser of the two evils because then you feel lighter on the other side I get that it's so painful but really and truly and I agree with you I had a client once say I'm Claire I'm so scared that if I start to cry because I could feel that she was um, suppressing the emotion in our session and I said will you just let yourself cry. And she said, I'm so scared that if I start crying, I'll, oh my God, it's going to make me emotional. She said that I'm so scared that I'll never stop. And I just remember promising her, I was like, you know, that's where it comes down to client coach trust as well. Right. I I promise you it could be a big, ugly, painful cry, but you, you, it will stop and you will feel so much better on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah, because her system, her her system probably never had like an experience of that. So just building safety, which you did with her, to be with her scary feelings. It's hard. It's because I've been there myself, and it's horrific. It is. It absolutely is. It's humbling as well. Because I I also have a lot of clients that come, they're like, "Oh, I'm good with the fall in love with you," which I've added. I'm adding another video of, but called but I already love myself for the fall in love with you section because it's like, I always believe, and this is a black and white statement to make, but I do believe this. When you've healed from heart, when you're heartbroken over a relationship, whether the person was a good person, quote unquote, good person or not so good person, there's always something for you to dig deeper and heal about yourself afterwards, especially if you're super heartbroken over it. You know, sometimes relationships run their course and, it's not so heartbreaking. And, and so then, but even still, I would say, okay, but if you know, you want to find your most ideal relationship, how did it unfold this way that you're just like parting ways and it doesn't really mean much, you know what I mean? Like that it's not too heavy. I would still say, if you know that you do want a next level mind blowing partnership, there is deeper digging to do about where you were at when you attracted that person, how you navigated through that relationship with the person, the pain that you're feeling after the relationship, and what are the thoughts that you're thinking that's creating all that suffering? And then like, who do you want to be on your own before connecting with someone who really and truly is so right for you? So falling in love with yourself, you know, I have the video on like healing your money story and your relationship with your body and finding your purpose and you know, leaning into loneliness and all of that. But some of my clients have checked off all these boxes. They have the home, they have the great career, they have abundance, they look good, feel good. Like none of that's a thing. But just because you have those boxes checked doesn't mean that there isn't deeper healing to do, which I cover in this new video coming out. 
I love it. Um, okay. So can you, did, so, so we've talked kind of about the dating scenarios of how to move through when you're moving through your menstrual cycle, but did you also use your menstrual cycle work in terms of, which is a good segue, because I just touched on the healing the heart, right? Did you use that for when you were heartbroken too and navigated the course? Yeah. So it's not so much that you have to do anything with this work. It's more the awareness. It, it allows for this compass similar Thank to yours. Like, clarifying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I don't want people to think like, oh, I don't get my books out and like, <laughs> yeah. eight, eight, seven, this is what I need to be doing. Right. No, no, no. Because awareness and paying attention. Absolutely. It's, it's like, un, it's, it's a lot of unlearning actually. And it's a lot of undoing. Mm. More just, um, understanding where you are in your menstrual cycle, understanding the season you're in and the relevance that has for you and being able to drop into the energy and the archetype of that season. So for example, if I'm in my inner autumn, sorry, fall, <laughs> in in my heartbreak, that's when my nervous system can be more sensitive. And so what can I do to support me in this? But also what can I, what can I do to support these emotions to come up? Because they're, they're, they're bubbling up to the surface more during this time. And we've been so conditioned to suppress and ignore and to get on with things, but actually it's an opportunity to really look at, look at ourselves, look at what's coming up and our biology is on our side. So our biology is going to be on our side in that inner fall and in inner winter. And then we get a bit of a break because in the inner spring and in the inner summer, we have estrogen coming back in and we're not as emotionally uh, vulnerable during that time. So you do get a break from the healing and you can kind of come back out into the world. So another uh, analogy that I use is like a lighthouse, the inner spring and the inner summer of the menstrual cycle. It's like the, the lights are shining out and you're more focused on relationships and other people and things to do in your life. And then when you come out of the inner summer and come into fall, the lights start to shine back in and you're more focused in your inner landscape. And that's where your biology is on your side. And when we go against our biology, that's when we um, create stress and resistance and it's hard. <laughs> so I, I, I'm jumping back to the following your cycle as you're dating or connecting to your cycle as you're dating. I have to ask, so you met Richard in either inner spring or inner summer and then what did, what did you say? Like date two can't happen for another two weeks. <laughs> no, okay. So I'll give you, I'll give you two examples, right? So this was really interesting. I went on a date on like day 29 of my menstrual cycle with this lovely man here in Dublin and we had a drink and alcohol. I know that when I drink in my inner fall before my period, it can kind of set my PMS off even worse. So I tend to try to not drink as much during that time or even at all, because I can still get pain. And also I get very tired. The day before my period comes, I can be very tired. And I'm sure everyone listening can really relate to that. So I was there sitting on this date and um, re I kind of forgot that I was in that place in my cycle. And then I remembered and I was like, I, I, think I need to go home. So I gave myself permission to just have one drink. And then I went home and I didn't you know, feel like I had to stay. So that was good. And you also, because the, the premenstrual phase, you kind of see things more clearly that, you know, the discernment and the yes and the no Interesting. is the, the world tells us that we're cranky, bitchy women, but actually we just see the truth of things more during. This oh, time. <laughs> I love that, Lisa. This is so amazing. It's okay. so good, right? <laughs> so good. I want, could talk about this all day. So 
do you mind me asking, because you just referred back to your period and I had this question, but of course we, we went in a different direction. How are your periods now? Yeah, great. But they're actually okay. I actually ended up long story short, I ended up having surgery for a condition called endometriosis. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I had surgery. I actually had surgery in London and I tweaked my diet a lot. I worked with a nutritionist who specializes in endometriosis for a while. And And could you please, just for those who don't know endometriosis, I'm familiar, but you would probably, you would have a way better explanation of what it is than I would. Yeah. Endometriosis, it's a women's health gynecological condition where tissue that's similar to the lining of the womb grows outside of the uterus. And when you're menstruating, that tissue starts to get inflamed and sore. And so you can have debilitating period pain, debilitating ovulation pain, uh, pain with sex. Um, you know, it can cause all sorts of different problems. Some, some people have it in different parts of the body as well. It can cause, oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Okay. cause issues around the lungs as well. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. It's very, it's a chronic pain condition. So, um, I was treated for that in it's I actually have my own podcast episode on this it's a whole like I actually could write a book about it but anyway it's share right had, now before we forget what is your podcast and what is that episode It's called From Pain to Power From Pain to Power Lisa DeYoung capital D E we'll have it in the show notes but capital D lowercase e and then yeah. capital J O N G but we'll have it linked up in the show notes but I I just that's and that's an awesome title Yeah From Pain to Power yeah So it's like episode two or three, you'll find it. Um, And anyway, long story short, I got treated in Ireland, but then I realized that the medical system here couldn't meet my needs. So I had to travel for treatment. So I combined conventional medicine with holistic work. And so I live a very holistic life and do the things I need to do within reason. And also, um, you know, went to, went to a doctor to, to help me with that. So my period, to answer your question, my period pain isn't completely gone. I still have to manage it, but it's minimal. I just take some uh, ibuprofen. I'm not sure what that's called. It's Advil. In the yeah, States. we have ibuprofen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, and then I'm fine. And I, I do have to live this cycle awareness. I have to practice menstrual cycle awareness. If I'm super stressed and drinking a lot of alcohol and eating a load of processed foods and yeah. suppressing all my feelings, that's inflammation, right? So I do my best to keep my inflammation down and my stress hormones down. And then when I do that, like, and it's not perfect, but when I do that to, to the best of my ability, my periods are a lot easier. Yeah. I I don't know if you've heard my dear friend, Jamie McEwen on this, on this podcast yes. before, and she's obviously um, featured in the course. She's an amazing holistic health coach and one of my closest friends. And you know, we always say we're so grateful for the awful things that happened that led us on this path because she got really sick and had a rude awakening about what she was putting into her body and didn't even realize how unconscious she was about the products she was using, the foods that she was eating. And, you know, obviously, as I said earlier, I always say to my new course students or group students or one-on-one clients, you know, you're one of the lucky ones. Do you feel that way? Because even the things that you're describing that you're doing to manage your period and manage your pain. I mean, not eating processed foods, not over drinking, not suppressing your feelings, you know, all of that is really what I want for everybody to be doing like that. I do that. And I overall, every once in a while, I have a really bad period. And for sure, I'm like a hormonal biatch, but like I have different symptoms every 
every month, but I feel pretty lucky, especially still in my early forties, you know, that I've, it's, it's not something that I think about too much, Mm. not something that I pay attention to. I'm fascinated by everything that you've shared, but I've never, I mean, now I'm going to be really thinking about my inner spring, Mm -hmm. inner summer, inner winter, Larry's (laughs) going to thank you. Um, I'm sure there's more to it, but it hasn't been pressing that I couldn't ignore it the way that you couldn't ignore it. And I couldn't ignore my darkest heartbreak because I couldn't, I really couldn't function. And Jamie was very, very sick. So I just want for everybody listening. And again, I, I haven't you let you speak on it, but really and truly, I'm assuming you're struggling with your single life or struggling with your heartbreak. But if you lean in and you do this work and you show up and you commit and yeah, you're going to fall on your face sometimes. But this work really is not just life changing, but I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. I said one client that I saved her life. I had two clients this week say, no, I cannot tell you, you have saved my life. And I feel like such, so blessed to be people's guides and coaches. And I, I pride myself on my work, but I, I really believe my clients save their own lives because they're the ones that are choosing to show up and do the work and lean in and trust me and trust the work and trust themselves. So I just be curious to hear your thoughts on the journey that you've had that has led you to here. Oh, 100%. It's an interesting question because it's kind of, uh, what's, what's that called when you have two opposing things like a paradox? It's kind yeah. of paradoxical, which, and I think paradoxes are part of our spiritual, uh, experience of being human. Right. So, <laughs> so like, light. yes. Yeah. So like I had a horrific history with pain, a lot of trauma, um, around that trauma from the medical system, the whole shebang. Right. And then also that led me to connecting, like understanding my menstrual cycle, understanding my hormones, connecting to my power. I had to, um, fight for my treatment in the medical system here in Europe. And that was really difficult. You know, it wasn't just an easy thing to get. You had to really like fight for it because of all of the, the sexism and stuff that goes on in the medical system. So that was another piece and obviously relationships, and, you know, and now I have this practice where my menstrual cycle awareness practice is what I call it. It's an embodied mindfulness practice because you're curious about the relevance of what's happening in, in your body every day. You're curious about how you feel, what's happening physically, mentally, emotionally, and understanding where that sits in with your cycle. So I wouldn't have found this work like you. I wouldn't have found all this work. And I have an amazing group of peers and I have a community who do the same type of work. And I've met you now. And, you know, it just, it opens up a whole world and I've helped a lot of women with this work now too. So I feel very grateful and I've built a career with this and I'm very excited about it. Um, but at the same time, there's still grief and sadness about the pain that, that was there, but I think I'm okay with it. I've come to peace with it in myself, I think, you know, and every, this, everyone has something, whether it's a big thing or a small thing, like nobody, no human gets out of life unscathed. Right. So this was just my story. I feel like everyone has a story. I will never forget back in the day, my mom always watched Oprah every day at 4 p.m. after school. And I remember she did this episode where um, they called on random people in the audience to ask them what their story was. And, you know, one woman stood up and she's like, I um, live on Long Island. I have three kids. Like, I'm just not that exciting. But then I can't remember exactly, but they like went to her home and learned about her. And like, everybody has a story. Everybody has a challenge. And, you know, people, women in my group, like there's a lot of privilege in their lives 
for, for most of them, but they still have stuff. They still hurt and have been wounded and struggle. And I just think too, and Jamie has talked about this, you know, there have been times I have yet to ever take antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds, but it's not something that I'm never opposed to or judgmental on. I think um, they're important to have in society. I do think that there tends to be like a jump to, I'm feeling anxious. At least I experienced that with a lot of peers in my twenties and thirties where I'm like, are you eating healthy? Are you exercising? Have you gone to talk therapy before you're like, Oh, I'm just going to do anxiety meds. And I said to Jamie a few months ago where I was thinking, is this an option? Cause then I had a few friends tell me that like they do it too, but they also do all this other work. And you know, Jamie obviously is big into, you know, holistic health. And she said, we are living in a world that our bodies were not programmed to tolerate or manage. I mean, just the fast and then with the pandemic, right? Like, and just everything that's just so fast paced at our fingertips, like you can get a text message or like a news flash about some horrific tragedy and it can just like jolt you at any given time, you know, and like the world and especially the United States, this country, the mass shootings, you know, it's just, I I hate to sound like the Irish mammy. The world is a crazy place. This country is a crazy place. I'm like, then why did you move us here, mom? You know, but there's truth to that, right? Like it just crazy shit is happening. Tragedy is happening. We just came out of a worldwide pandemic, you know, that there's just so much to process and manage. And we're just trying to like stay healthy, maintain healthy relationships, raise healthy children, take good care of ourselves and make a living. But then when all that other shit is coming at us, it's so fucking much, which I think is what's made me more and more introverted as time goes yeah, on. Yeah, I can relate to that, Claire, and needing boundaries and more space and time off and that kind of thing. I get very overwhelmed sometimes with it all. And you really have to be conscious about that, I think, because it can really impact you. Um, and I find, like, I think we do, you know, if you, if you look at history, there was obviously crazy times before, like, world wars and all that, right? But yeah. But the, the the difference is that we have access to seeing everything live, like exactly. you say, at, yeah. you know, on our fingertips. And I find that very difficult as well. And I feel sometimes I feel guilty when I don't follow every detail of same. I've had news. to find that balance. Very <laughs> able to do it. Like when the pandemic started happening, I was like, wow, but I I don't know if I was in denial, but also lucky me, all of my work was from home anyway. So I'm very much alone during the day. Anyway, like not much was changing. Um, but he was in panic, of course, about the four kids and school and how that's going to all work and even transporting back between, you know, his ex and them and then me in LA and like how we were going to do all that. And he was just like, the world is falling apart. I'm like, it's okay. Like we got it. And then at one point, and we were only dating for a few months, I said to him, I'm like, I don't want you to think that I'm like, not like, whoa, I can't believe this is happening. But I just sort of was like, okay, this is happening. Here we are. There's nothing we could do about it. And I think it hit me later because I was kind of like managing it and managing all my clients freaking out about it. Mm. And I think it also helped. I was falling. Like I was already in love, like newly in love. So that really, yeah. helped. like we both said if we didn't have, it was still 
I mean, hello, we're together three years. It's still very exciting for me that when I see him, because we still, you know, or we don't live together a hundred percent of the time. I'm like, is that why we're so giddy in love? Is that what keeps the honeymoon phase alive that we don't live with each other? It's like, don't say that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it really helped to have a partner in that, yeah. in that time. But I also know I would have been equipped to have managed and I would have had like a, a pod with my friends in LA if, if, if he wasn't, but um, it was just, so much to manage. So um, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I have to tell you this funny story. Oh yeah. I think just wrapping up that point is like, we like, who knows? I hate to sound like Debbie Downer, but like, who knows what the fuck else is next? Like learn these tools, whether you have, you know, a regular period that isn't that big of a deal or not, like everything that you're saying to do and to take care of yourself I mean, obviously what you're offering is paying attention to the cycle. And I find that fascinating. And I want to start doing that now. I'm so intrigued, Lisa. But like the tools and like the having the menu on the fridge and those practices, you know, going inward, processing your feelings, like it's no different than what Jamie suggests, what you're suggesting, what I'm suggesting, but we're like technically three different niches. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do it anyway. But tell me your story. So. Not related to this, but just when you were saying about the pandemic, my mom here in Ireland, you know, the way we weren't allowed to go and anywhere, but the grave had a very strict because I really, yeah, like I remember my dear friend, she was like, we can't go like two kilometers or something. Yeah. At once, at one point it was two kilometers, but I think it was then six months later or so. It happened. There was, yeah, there were like uh, lockdowns throughout 2020 and 2021 basically but my mom they what they did allow was visits to graveyards and my mom would go and visit her they would go on walking like trips around the graveyard and then just chat with each other (laughs) what what was that about how like she she wanted to communicate with the dead I don't understand why they allowed the graveyard visit it must be this old church catholic thing in our graveyards were because I suppose people wanted to be needed to visit you know their their loved past ones in graves <gasps> graveyards like, are open that's with that half disturbed <laughs> yeah I just thought it was so funny that my mom she like broke the rules by going meeting her friends in graveyards because she couldn't meet them anywhere else so she'd meet them in the graveyards <laughs> that is amazing yeah <laughs> doing a little dance on mom's grave <laughs> hey mom yeah i'm visiting you now more because we have the time and nothing else to do i know i know anyway so she she broke the rules by going to the graveyard i feel like that would be a great play or like a show yeah it would be the shit that comes up you know when you're like isolated and like the funny conversations that happen i feel like an irish an irish playwright needs to write like what comes up like when you have nothing else to do and all you can do is go hang out at a graveyard and like bring some pints with you yeah the, and the and the pubs were doing takeaway pints in like takeaway cups fantastic <laughs> we had a couple of takeaway cocktail situations Did you, yeah. yeah yeah i was like this is genius thank I you <laughs> They had to keep their business going, right? Well, we anyway. were very, I, we were very, uh, we felt, what is the word? It, we thought it was important to keep the restaurants alive because Larry, of course, like knew some owners and wanted to support. And so, um, yeah, I was like, all right, I'll just be a human garbage disposal and just do takeout every night and take away cocktails <laughs> to support the businesses. 
100%. (laughs) Oh, Lisa, I have absolutely loved this conversation. Is there, I feel like we covered so much. We could probably cover so much more. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you would like to share? I'm currently doing, well, I'm in October. I'm starting a professional training for wellness coaches who want to learn about menstrual cycle awareness. So that's, currently on sale. (laughs) Um, Excellent. Can you tell me more about, tell us more about what that entails? Yeah. So it's a professional training. It's a, it's actually an internationally certified training. And so six months long. And if anyone wants to become a menstrual cycle coach or integrate menstrual cycle practices and uh, trauma-informed nervous system work into your existing practice as a as a wellness coach or a practitioner or if you're a therapist and you want to learn about the cycle and hormones for your clients then it's a professional training for for people who want to learn from me and yeah you created this whole program yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) i am so impressed thank you for all that you shared i've learned so much i'm sure my audience has learned so much as well and again, what's your website? We'll link it up in the show notes, but just yeah, it's Lisa Young Coaching.com. Lisa DeYoung, D-E-J-O, and as in Nancy G. Lisa DeYoung Coaching.com. Again, we'll link it all up in the show notes. Thank you so, so much for coming back. I'm glad Thank I you. let you speak more if I say so much. Oh, uh, not at all. Yes. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> so lovely to chat. And uh no, seriously, this is so fascinating and I can't wait. And really I can speak for Larry. He thanks you. Uh, yeah, it, it actually, it help, that's a whole other conversation, Claire. I know we keep doing this, yeah. but it, like it helps with relationships for men to understand the phases. Right? Oh yeah. So, I, he's, yeah. He's, I mean, I would, he, he would probably find it very interesting, like the nitty gritty because he's um, just, he loves knowledge on all things, learning about everything all the time. He has a thirst for knowledge about anything and everything. I swear I'm dating my dad sometimes because my dad is like that. But um, I, it, to his credit, he is very patient when hormonal Claire. That's so kind. Yeah. Cool. And that's what we yeah. need. We need yeah. just that understanding. and Because yeah. there is a balance, I think, for men. And I think it's hard for them. And it's unfair to give men shit when men say something like, are you on your period? And it's like, oh, how dare you accuse me of being on my period? But like, you might be, or you might be connecting. <laughs> and like, that could be. And I remember one time I was freaking out about something and he was so calm. God bless him. And he was like, you know, I don't know if like your period's about to come. And I just really appreciate, because he was being so kind about it. I yeah. think there's, you know, there's validity to that and there's validity to them um, struggling with that. No more so. And obviously I've never had children, but you know, postpartum depression, like that's really yeah. for partners to manage Hun- as well. Hun- so yeah, um, that is really they- interesting. Exactly. The the awareness really helps and then getting clear on what your needs are. So if you're feeling vulnerable or if you're in pain, ask, telling your partner, I'm on my period, would you mind making a cup of tea and yes. rubbing my feet, you know? So like yes. getting, yeah. Communication. Just, yeah. And knowing Absolutely. your needs and asking for what it is that you need help with, particularly on those vulnerable days can be such a game changer in a relationship. Oh, Lisa. This has just been incredible. I've loved this conversation so much. And yes, we could go on and on and on. For sure, you guys check out this professional training program that Lisa was just talking about. And of course, head to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. Check out the course that Lisa has had so much success with. 
I have had so much success with. That's why I turned it into a course. But we also have my group program. I am taking applications as well as applications for one-on-one. Doors are open on all fronts. So click on the work with me page at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com or and or go to lisadeyoungcoaching.com if you're interested in her specific line of work as well. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.